0: Hey, Zelda Informer listeners, this is Alfred Tabex, your co host slash host for today. Uh, Because of certain issues, Nate couldn't be on the show with us today, but he will be back at our regular scheduled podcast next week. Right now, though, before we start the podcast, I'd like to ask you guys a small favor. As some of you may know, Nate recently started a website called Nintendo Prime. Um, Due to some issues with server traffic and unexpected traffic in general, the site was kind of hit with a rather large bill and he's been asking for a little help with that if you guys want to help out with that I'd really ask that you do this is a really big project that he's been working on something that he's really passionate about if everybody donated $5 if a hundred people donated $5 you could easily help with this bill and it'd be over and done with I know that's really difficult to toss in money for something that you might not get a return on but it'd be a really big help for him and for us uh, that want to help him out with this And if you do, maybe I'll do something weird on the next podcast. I might, you know, change my voice to a high helium tone or something. I don't know. That'd be really annoying. But whatever you guys want me to end up doing, you can leave it in the notes or the comments below of wherever this is posted, if you even listen to this or care. If not, go ahead and skip forward to the podcast, and we'll get it started. But thank you guys for listening, and as always, enjoy the podcast. Zelda Informer podcast. I'm your co-host today. I'm your host, Alfred Tabax, joined by our editor, Darren. Hey, how's it going? And then two special guests this week, Nintendon. Hey, how you doing? And McIntyre from McIntyre Productions.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: So this week we're coming hot off the press, uh, figuratively, metaphorically, from the last Nintendo Direct. Um, Some kind of juicy tidbits, not a lot of big stuff, but You know, big stuff for us Zelda fans, so let's get right into that. So, Nintendo announced um, that they're recognizing Zelda's 30th anniversary with a few cool things. So, we have Skyward Sword on the Nintendo Wii U eShop, but we're also getting four new Amiibo, which we've been talking about a lot that we'd like to see uh, several different Amiibos possibly coming into uh, the, I guess, the Amiibo lineup. So, we've got the 8 bit Link, the Ocarina of Time, uh, Zelda, or Link. And the tomb link with the Wind Waker and Zelda from Wind Waker. Um, so I kind of like to know what you guys' thoughts on all of this uh, Hubbaloo for the 30th anniversary. Then um, we'll just kind of go around and see what everybody's thinking about this. So we'll start with Darren.
2: All right. Um, here's my theory. Um, Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out this year for the 30th anniversary, and of course, it got pushed back. Um, so they're releasing the Amiibo now and putting Skyward Sword on the Wii U eShop to kind of make up for that and um, have at least some 30th anniversary festivities. Uh, Breath of the Wild will be the, the true celebration, but in the meantime we get some awesome Amiibo, which I will be pre-ordering all of them because they look amazing. Um, I won't be getting Skyward Sword on the eShop because I already have the disc, but uh, you know I'm glad people get to uh, have that opportunity.
1: Um, at least how I kind of attribute towards, let's say, Nintendo's recent acts when it comes to, let's say, releasing this new Amiibo and, of course, recognizing the whole uh, Zelda 30th anniversary thing. Um, at least as far as I have looked into the subject, when Nintendo typically does anniversary events, it typically appeals more to the, let's say, the already established market, the, the hardcore Zelda fans, if you will. Um, like, for example, the 30th anniversary would release all the new Amiibo and, of course, the art books and stuff like that. Uh, that typically markets towards the hardcore um, Zelda community. Um, possibly some like new uh, Zelda people will get into that, but I can't imagine that many. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why Nintendo has kind of held off on announcing the Zelda 30th anniversary thing, mainly to just focus on Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild, is, uh, as far as Nintendo has been marketing it, has been appealing to new gamers, uh, people outside of the Zelda community that would like to try Zelda out. Um, in fact, Zelda, The Breath of the Wild won a bunch of awards uh, back in E3, and it, like, it just made everybody insane and just broke the internet. Uh, but, but as far as Nintendo strategy, I do like their tactic in the sense that at E3, they're focusing on grabbing new markets, while at this recent uh, announcement, they are trying to recapture or rekindle uh, the hardcore market, so that's how I view it.
3: The thing is, with the the 30th anniversary of Zelda, it's... Personally, you barely notice it in the grand scheme of things. Like, with Skyward Sword, it's a good thing. But it's also the the next expected thing. That game is almost now five years old. Um, And the things that I started with when publishing Wii stuff on Wii U... Was like really early stuff. And now they're getting closer and inching closer. To the stuff that was later in it's life. So it seemed only natural. Um, with the new amiibo though. I, I really like them. I especially like the. Um, the link from Ocarina of Time. I think that one is amazing. Um The 8-bit link has a bit of a weird nose. Can I say that honestly? It has a really weird, <laughs> yeah. really weird yeah. freaking nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I look at the uh, two Wind Waker ones. And Wind Waker my favorite Zelda game. Um, and I was expecting Toon Link. Buzz, but I was kind of silently hoping. And maybe that was completely unwarranted. That they maybe did Tetra and pl- instead of Princess Zelda. But mm-hmm. I am still stoked for them either way.
0: Yeah, and I think that one of the reasons that I could see them doing the toon zeldas because they have the toon zelda dlc for um hyrule warriors legends which is another thing that they pushed out for the i guess you could say it's part of the zelda 30th anniversary but we've known about it for a while yeah Um, sure so they they look very similar to their counterparts from that game um, aside from the fact that one of them is in the phantom and one of them is just uh, princess zelda
2: yeah I mean, Tetra is in Hyrule Warriors, anyways. I mean, but not recently. But she is, was at launch. So,
0: along with that, like uh, one of you guys mentioned, the art books. And so, what we have, what we had announced, was that Dark Horse was doing the art and artifacts Zelda art books. Um, but we also got announced, or also two more books were announced that we weren't um, given information about. So, what would you guys like to see from those books, or what would you, um, what do you think they are?
1: Hmm. In terms of, um, at least in the sense that obviously Nintendo wants to sell these books, and um, despite what other theories are out there, the primary focus of Nintendo unleashing these books or releasing them would be to sell them. It's just pra- uh, pragmatic that way. Uh, keeping that in mind, I want to think as something to do with Breath of the Wild. Uh, maybe uh, since it's not really revealed yet, uh, perhaps it will release a- alongside Breath of the Wild or released around the same time frame as a particular title. Maybe it'll be like some backstory kind of thing. Kind of like what uh, uh, Hyrule Historia did with Skyward Sword with the extra manga that's really not canon to the game. Maybe something along those lines. Um, that's how I see it, at least.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I definitely agree.
3: Yeah, I agree that um, that probably something with the Breath of the Wild. I can't really say for sure what they're gonna do with the third book. Um, but I... I'm kind of tempted to get this book already in, from Japan because it's already out there. <laughs> and I know some people already have it, and it looks awesome. Um, same goes that they're also releasing like this this two-CD soundtrack of like the greatest hits of like 30 years' sell-down two CDs in Japan very, very soon. Which is something that I definitely want as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
2: I've seen uh, screenshots of Art and Artifacts, which in Japan I believe is called Hyrule Graphics. I've seen screenshots of it, and it definitely looks some um, like a high quality book. I mean, any any Zelda fan would want that. And it's right. interesting
0: that you know they're they're partnering with Dark Horse again, and obviously the Hyrule Historia sold really really well when it first came out. Like that book was a t- was a bestseller for a while. It was really hard to find. Um, sold out of stores. Um, I'm just I'm interested to see where they take these other two books. Like I you know I, I'd really like to see like you guys said some Breath of the Wild story. Um, maybe like a prequel comic, uh, kind of like what they're, you know, they're already releasing, um, what was it, the Twilight Princess manga? Right. Um, so we're seeing mm-hmm. that come out. So maybe they're partnering with Dark Horse, which has done game tie-ins in the past, like Darksiders and Darksiders 2. Um, so that'd be really cool to see. So there's there's one topic that's kind of away from Zelda. So that was all the, the bigger stuff that we got um, towards the Direct. If you guys want to hear about more, see more information, smaller. Some of the smaller tidbits from that um please check out zelda informer we have a roundup of all of the stuff um that we got from that i'm kind of moving on this is a non-zelda thing but something that is kind of interesting and that i really kind of want to delve into this one so sony recently said that um and commenting on pokemon go saying it's quite a shift from being just a console-based game or console-based business to being on mobile phones as well. Pokemon Go is a real game-changer. I'm very interested in the fact that it has the potential to really change the way people move, literally. And that was the CEO of Sony. Um, So right now, they're, quote-unquote, aggressively pursuing um, a mobile game or a mobile ventures. And we're seeing a lot of companies do this, like Konami talked about it a while ago. Um, But Pokemon Go was the first really big hit success game from a first party publisher and you know we know it's not nintendo directly it was game freak and niantic um but what would you guys like to see it's, from a it's sony thing? it's
3: not game freak it's the pokemon company yeah pokemon
0: company niantic. that's right sorry
3: yeah
0: yeah so what would you guys like to see from a from sony like there's i can't really think of anything that they would do right off the top of my head um for a, a mobile game
3: sony and mobile don't really go really well though um, especially look if you look back at the last couple of years, they their mobile phones are not really competing with like Samsung and iPhone at this stage, and their are you talking about like the Sony Xperia type, yeah, or the, that yeah. phone, okay, yeah, their Xperia line is not really selling, and they already sold Sony Sony Ericsson, so <laughs> that's 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 going okay, and then you have their mobile phone active mobile phone game business, which they tried for a while called PlayStation Mobile, which. ...didn't exactly go for them really well... ...and they ended up deleting it from iOS, Android and PlayStation Vita and PSP. So, and they have released a few mobile phone games since then... ...but nothing really breathtaking. They released an endless runner with Sackboy and, and that sort of stuff. So there's... They have tried stuff, but I don't think they know how to capture an... ...undergo market as well, especially if you look at their failures... Especially in that space, uh, they have the franchise to make it happen, definitely. But I don't think that um, that they know how to manage it extremely well.
0: well. What kind of franchises would you think that they would bring to the mobile, or like, what would you
3: like to see them bring to mobile? Um, one of the franchises that immediately popped to my head would be Patapon. or something like Locoroco where you would use the sides of the of the mobile phone to move yourself around. Um, you need you need something simple to make work on mobile though You can't really port exactly a game one-to-one one and hope it works
2: mm. uh, This is maybe just a pipe dream of mine, but uh, Sony is involved with uh, No Man's Sky, so maybe a No Man's Sky mobile game. I, I, it's not gonna happen, but um, I recently played um, No Mario Sky, which is a fan game um, right. with Mario and No Man's Sky mash together and it was a fun game. I played it for like twenty minutes. Um, but it wasn't something that I would sit down at my PC and play for an hour. Uh, it was more something that I would uh, play on my phone while waiting for someone or on a commute or whatever. So, maybe a simple. I see what you were saying. You know, Dan or Don. Um, mobile games need to have a simple, um, strategy to them. They need to have a simple way to play them a simple concept um to be successful right
3: yeah and and there are definitely games that already are on established platforms that would work on mobile phones i'm not saying that like you would you can say whatever you want about uh, rayman mobile games but that style that was represented very well on wii u really translates well to a big ipad or a mobile phone screen and the same goes for like a rhythm game that uses simple controls you can really put them together well together well on a phone um platformers are more something that's really complex like a really big adventure game is a bit more difficult
1: mm.
3: well
0: the problem with like platformers too is that you have you have to map all the buttons correctly and still have a big enough screen to play on like and still have enough room for the controls. right
3: yeah I mean these days you can easily get a Bluetooth controller to solve mm-hmm. that problem. But not I don't know how big that market for a Bluetooth controller actually is. Yeah, especially for a mobile I phone.
2: Like I, I don't yeah. think I know I don't think I know one single person that has a, a Bluetooth controller. I've always thought about buying one, but I just never
1: have. Mm hmm. Makes sense. My particular view on the subject would be in terms of let's say mobile uh, gaming, uh like let's say, uh, you believe brought back Pokemon Go for a minute there. Um, there should be a distinction between functionality, functionality between a mobile game and its appeal. For example, uh, Pokemon Go, although it's fun to play, isn't the most, let's say, intricate game out there in the mobile market. Um, no, no. <laughs> The main reason why it's so successful is because of its brand, the Pokemon brand. Pretty much everybody or most people know what Pokemon is, Mm -hmm. and it's because that branding appeal is one of the reasons why it became so successful. Um, But Sony, uh, I'm trying to think of some of their IPs that's brandable, um, that could really like, oh, let's say God of War Go or something (laughs) like that as an example. Um, Something like an IP that they own that is brandable so it could be successful. Uh, And that's, I believe, will be their main point of contention. Not necessarily how the app will function, but what kind of brand they will use to make that app successful in the first place.
3: Well, it's
0: interesting that you mentioned stuff like that because Square Enix has released Hitman Go and uh, yeah,
3: was it Tomb Raider Go? Hitman Go, Tomb Raider Go, and they last month they threw out uh, Deus Ex Go.
0: That's right, and those have been doing relatively well. Um, as far as those those
3: games also also are really made for smartphone devices and they tried to port it to to steam recently and it, it's that. not the, it's not the same it's really not the same mm-hmm. because it really uses the touch inter- interface really well and that's where it where it comes down to if you can pull that off mm-hmm. you're already two steps at making it a hit
0: and it is interesting to note too that pokemon go isn't nintendo's venture into mobile gaming no it isn't they have a they have a hand in it but it's not. This isn't their one, part of their games that they've announced. This isn't the other game aside from Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. Um, and so it's interesting to see how well Pokemon Go doing. But we can't attribute that success to Nintendo.
3: Considering this is a Zelda podcast, I would like to ask this question: Do you could you imagine a mobile phone Zelda game?
2: Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. Uh, a lot of zelda games i could imagine um an endless runner zelda um a candy crush style zelda uh as much as i cringe while saying that because i i i'm not a fan <laughs> of those games but i'm sure they would be downloaded a lot um as far as something new and revolutionary um sort of like metomo i can't i can't really think of anything um that you could uh use the zelda ip for
3: right it's interesting because it seems that they're deliberately choosing franchises that would work well on a mobile interface as well, because it makes to me total mm-hmm. sense that they're bringing Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing to smartphone devices, because especially like the strategy of Fire Emblem and the management-esque elements of Animal Crossing work well on that interface.
0: Yeah, and I'm just trying to picture how a Zelda game would work. So like, uh, you mentioned an endless runner. Um, there are also um, like kind of dungeon-esque games, um, different like swiping in terms of movement, um, pressing a button for attack. Um, so it'd have to be like... like a Zelda
2: uh, dungeon crawler, sort of.
0: Yeah. So like you guys mentioned earlier too, it'd have to be very simplistic, something that right. people could wrap their heads around. And also it would have to be like a pick up and put down game. It couldn't yep. be something that they sit down and they're like, okay, well I have to spend an hour on this dungeon to get through it. It'd have to be something really quick. Um, and I think one of the things that Nintendo has going for them, and this is proven with Pokemon Go, because Pokemon Go is essentially an Ingress skin. And so it's it's the, the name brand. That's what Nintendo has. that Not a lot of other companies do, is that they have the name brand for all of these, you know, Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, Metroid, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing. And people see those and they're like, oh, I played that game once on the GameCube or the Wii or the Wii U. And they're like, and now it's on phone for 99 cents or it's free. Um, and so that's, that's going to be a big draw. Um, the big thing that they need to focus on, then, is keeping the games, like, relevant. And that's one of the things that we're saying that Pokemon Go is kind of having a struggle to do. Is that they're having a struggle keeping the game relevant and popular. It's, like, the user base has dropped 80%. I may be wrong on that. Um, but it's, it's been a lot. Right.
3: Uh, you, also saw it, you also saw it with mode. There was a lot of buzz in, like, the first month of the app. And they're still putting effort behind updating it very actively. But I'm unsure how many people are still playing it in Europe or North America. It seems like most of the people who are still playing it are focused within the Japanese regions.
2: Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I can say that myself, the last time I logged on to Mitomo was uh, when I got the Federation Force um, wardrobe items. And I haven't touched it since.
3: I feel that they failed to capitalize on Nintendo's... A Nintendo costumes a little too late they had the Mario hat at the beginning but they never did anything that made you really think oh this is from Nintendo like it has the Miis and stuff and Miis were a big thing during the Wii re- and also a bit during the 3DS era as, as most people can see but it's it's also a problem where it needs to feel a, a bit Nintendo and it seemed that For how quirky the Tomodachi life on 3DS was, they kind of also removed the things that made it really quirky. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the things that they failed to do, kind of like you mentioned, was integrate that that Nintendo IP, but I think one of the bigger problems with it was that it relied so heavily on other social media accounts to function. So you had to have it linked to Facebook or Twitter, and then you would have to get friends in from there as opposed to, oh, hey, for example, on battle.net for playing Overwatch, if I'm playing with someone or if I'm... If I meet someone uh, online, I can friend them and play with them later. Um, one of the things that I think Mitomo's is missing is kind of like a, you know, a Me Plaza type thing where you can go and play these sort of mini games with friends um, or people uh, anywhere, and then kind of add them into your Mitomo life, I guess if that's what you want to call it. And they kind of like drop the ball on that because right now it's really closed off. Right. Yeah. And it's like okay, well, you it's it's just the people that you know that have Tomo so that shrinks it down to you know a handful of people um and so they you know it was a good i guess test but there was a lot left to be desired from that absolutely i agree yeah in terms of other companies then uh can you guys see any other companies you know aside from square enix which has already delved into it um kind of jump into the mobile uh interface uh mcintyre what do you have to say about that
1: that's a very, very good question, actually. Um, there are several, several companies I've had in mind that may or may not be delving into this. Uh, two of them that just popped into my mind recently is uh, Sega and possibly, possibly uh, Konami. Uh, I say possibly Konami since they're doing completely different stuff aside from gaming. Um, but the thing is, uh, with mobile gaming in general, it's been going extremely, extremely uh, lucrative as of late, especially with Chinese and U.S. markets. Um, And the the Chinese markets are extremely... They're getting more and more um, prevalent as the years go by. Uh, Sega, they might do something on Sonic. And despite all the polarization behind Sonic's uh, name, uh, the brand is still there. Like, a lot of people know what Sonic is. It's pretty much up there with Mario. Um, So I could definitely see Sega doing that. Uh, In terms of another company that may or may not be doing this, uh, I've heard Capcom... I think I believe uh, I read an article. I forgot which website... Um, saying that uh, Capcom is planning to do something with Resident Evil to try to push the new uh, Resident Evil 7. Um, that's going to be released sometime soon, not exactly when, not sure when the release date for that is. Uh, but those two companies do come to mind when doing those two things.
3: Um, actually, with Sega, they actually are pursuing mobile games very actively. And you won't notice it because not every single one is a very active IP of theirs, but they are still releasing like six or seven mobile phone games a year. And uh, mostly under their Sega Network Services brand. Um, and their, what is it, their Sonic... They have a Sonic series that does really well, like an Endless Runners Sonic sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In like a 3D, third-person perspective. I don't remember the name, um, but that one... I think it's Sonic... Dash. Uh, is it Sonic, Sonic Dash. Dash? They have yeah. two Sonic, Sonic Dashes Dash out.
2: And then they also have Sonic Runners.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sonic Runners actually discontinued a few months ago. Um, oh, because man. that one because that one wasn't doing at all well. Um, and it focused a bit too much on microtransactions, I believe. And that's why many fans kind of dropped it immediately. Um, while Sonic Dash was more complete experience. So, they've been delving in that stuff a lot, but it's it seems kind of hit and miss for them. Like, 50% as well, the other 50% is kind of nowhere here or there. Um... And Konami is a company that doesn't want to actively make video games anymore. And <laughs> I, I, that sounds really <laughs> the most, most like stupidest and dumb thing to say, but it is true. They are focusing on so many other businesses in Japan, like the Pachinka machines, the fitness clubs, and whatever have you, that I'm still surprised that they are in the video game business at all. <laughs> Well, I don't know how how long they're going to be in it after Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
2: yeah. I like how I, I like how after Metal Gear Survive is mentioned, everyone's just like, mm, yeah. <laughs> I,
3: I, I think that that Capcom is one of the few companies that doesn't have the biggest focus on mobile yet, and I'm surprised that it didn't. Isn't
2: a Mega Man game set to release on mobile sometime?
3: Yeah, they said they said they're working on some on one, but they never talked about it ever again so
0: so that about wraps it up for our news section then kind of moving on to our fan topics we got a few good ones uh and so i, I gave them to you guys to kind of ponder over earlier um but one of them is from ricardo um i really hope I pronounce this right mechia um says the merit of an nx ambassadors program where early adopters get a zelda legacy collection to go with their console Um, Some games on the collection would not be available for the rest of the life of the console. So I believe what he's asking, this is from Facebook, um, is whether or not we should have an NX Ambassadors program where early adopters get a Zelda Legacy collection um, to go with the consoles. Um, And kind of just to start off with that, the only reason they did an Ambassadors program in the first place was because the 3DS had an abhorrent launch, and so there were practically no games, and the reason why they had the Ambassadors program was... To kind of reconcile with the people that bought the game or the console early, and give them a bunch of games that nobody else is going to get. Um, but I can see where you're coming from. So thoughts on this one?
3: So I agree. They are honestly, I don't think outside if the next... Okay, let me put a parallel here. So they launched the Wii U. We cannot end up, I say, that that console didn't exactly do gangbusters. Um, 10 million worldwide is not great for a console. Did they ever do an ambassador program? They did something where you got like a free game if you
0: bought the Wii U before a certain date. It was like Zelda, uh, Wind Waker HD
3: or or Mar- Super Mario Land 3D or World 3D. No, they didn't on they didn't on Wii U. They never did that. That wasn't no. Oh no, they never did something like that on Wii U. There was no Wii U ambassadors program. The 3DS was kind of a storm in a, in a glass of water because they needed to do something to keep that system alive, because else would people would be really pissed if they didn't do anything else to keep that system going, and they handled that pretty well because they could have given us nothing, which is still, which is still better. It's still better than <laughs> nothing, I could say. But, yeah. but Wii U never did that because. They were trying to figure out what the Wii U could be. And they didn't have anything really to offer us at that point in time. And it kind of dragged along. And they never gave us anything for supporting the system as much as we did. And I still think that some Nintendo fans will be bitter. Even at this point that Nintendo didn't show that appreciation all that much. And while I'm thinking that... And next will be solely focused, with more games solely focused on the fans. Uh, especially if the two and one system is actually the thing that they're doing. Because it means that all of their franchises will be focused on one big system. Um, but the thing is that, with that in mind, I don't think that we'll ever see an, an accident measure program. Because they will be focusing so much on giving us content that we want. Yeah, I
2: I agree completely.
3: They have to learn. They have to learn from their mistakes with Wii U and 3DS. They have no other option. They really don't.
1: I mean, it does sound like a sound strategy. Uh, I believe President Kimishima did say, along with Reggie Philzemy, that they would like to do um, something differently in terms of marketing and campaigning with the NX as opposed to what happened with the Wii U. And since you've stated that uh, the Wii U did not have an ambassador's program, uh, for the NX to have one, sounds like a rather sound idea to make sure the NX uh, gets uh, I suppose a different sort of marketing schemes than how the Wii U did back when it was released.
0: Yeah. And I think I think the problem with that as well, um, is that most of the well not saying most, it's a little tricky now because Nintendo there's not a lot of games that are gonna be on the NX or the virtual console that you won't be able to get. Like all of the Zelda games as far as I'm concerned are on well most of them are on some sort of virtual console somewhere yeah so you you have like legend of zelda zelda 2 link to the past oracle ages seasons um and then all the way up through link's Awakening. yeah links awakening all, literally all the way up through um skyward sword now in some form or another so you have twilight princess hd when Wicker hd um so it'd be very difficult for them to have exclusive zelda content um for people that were early adopters for the console um Plus, you're also coming out with a NES Mini, where it's gonna have Zelda and Zelda 2 on it, which would be you know classic Zelda games. And so there, there's really not a lot of content that they could make or give out for free that they aren't already giving out in other places, albeit not for free. Um, but it'd be very difficult to push something like that. If they
3: if they want to push some free stuff on us that we already have, they will do it through My Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, that's great.
0: The ideally they won't make us buy stuff again but you know this is Nintendo we've we've already bought like the same thing over and over I have, that's, I have that's, like five that's, copies that's, that's the perfect world.
3: comment it's Nintendo of course they're gonna do that
0: <laughs> yeah but thank you for that question um, next one's from Tristan Johnson uh, so what does the open world nature of Zelda Breath of the Wild mean for the future of traditional linear 3D Zelda games and will we ever see them again
1: I hope not I see this sort of comment come around a lot, um, especially in videos that I post. And my particular stance is this, um, despite a bunch of theorizing and speculation out that there, there really isn't a set in stone, like, let's say, Zelda formula. In a sense, Zelda mechanics must go by this. Of course, there are general things like, for example, uh, explorations and dungeons, things like that. But really, most Zelda games are very unique compared to each other. For example, Majora's Mask is different from Wind Waker. Wind Waker is different from Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is different from Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is different from Link to the Past. Each Zelda game is rather mm-hmm. unique in its own, uh, let's say, aesthetic. Or how the gameplay really plays along. And uh, the new Breath of the Wild is really a testament to this. Which acts as, let's say, an amalgamation of all of the past Zelda games. Packed into a new interpretation of Zelda. I'm not necessarily sure if that's like the right question. It'll mean the end of traditional linear 3D Zelda games. I like to think that the Zelda game that will come after Breath of the Wild will implement something new. there will be its own unique um, legend, if you will. Um, and that Zelda games will also continue doing that innovative path that Aiji Enuma and Shigeru Miyamoto wishes to take.
3: I completely agree. Um, they need to continue to innovate with The Legend of Zelda. And I think it's a bold step they're taking with Breath of the Wild, which I really, really like. They're doing a lot of things that are super unprecedented, and if they want to continue that trend, I would love them for it, especially for the game that comes after Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah, I agree there. I think that um, I'd like to see more of stuff like Breath of the Wild. Um, kind of a break from the traditional linear 3D Zelda games. Um, that being said, there's a place for those. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I, I think... I think that we could see a... Sp- well, no, I don't know, because NX is supposed to be mobile and home console. So I don't know if they're going to do like two different types of Zelda titles, like something like uh, Link Between Worlds and then something like um, Breath of the Wild, and just kind of branch off from each of those. Um, I think we will see them again. I think we might get like some smaller titles um, that kind of get pushed out, not like under the rug, but like smaller games that aren't necessarily as focused as... Breath of the Wild. Like, you could argue that um, Triforce Heroes is an open-world type game, but there is some linearity to it.
3: No, I, I would say that Triforce Heroes is way more mission-based and has some of the, the elements of a link between worlds. But no, it, it feels... It's, it's way more mission-based than anything Zelda-related. But I that's that's okay. I, I like different stuff. It, that Different stuff is the spice of life. And
0: I think one of the things that we're seeing, too... Is that like they've said that they're they're taking influences from other Western developers, and you don't see a lot of linear adventure games now. Like that's something very rare, um, something that Nintendo seems to be one of the only ones doing. Um, you see a departure from this, and like The Witcher, uh, Tomb Raider. Um, I mean, the only one that I can think of, the only ones that I can think of are Naughty Dog games, like Last of Us and Uncharted, um, where you see a really really linear game that's like completely story focused. Um, but those, you know, those are story-focused games. They have a, a a focus on the story and the gameplay, and they do remarkably well.
3: I think I think I think it's a similar case with Zelda. If the story dictates it, then I don't have an mm-hmm. issue with it. It depends more on what they're doing with the story and the gameplay and the package together than the individual elements separate from one another.
0: So, would you guys like to see another traditional linear 3D Zelda game? Again, I'm
3: not against it. It depends what to do with it.
1: Personally, my biggest hope, I'm not sure if this is this will ever happen, but um, I would like to see Nintendo actually, let's say, reuse certain um, engines of past Zelda games. Like, for example, of course, clean them up. But, like, let's say, bring back the engine of, let's say, Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time and use the same setups for a new Zelda game. Um, I believe uh, uh, Capcom did this with the recent Mega Man games with, like, 9 and 10. Or they actually reused the past aesthetic and gaming engine of the first Mega Man games for the newest iterations. And he just gave like an instant like uh, nostalgia of retro appeal to it. Um again it might may or may not happen, but I would love to see a new Zelda game that uses an Ocarina of Time engine and just makes something new out of something old. Um that may be kind of like much too nostalgic, but that's like something I like.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. Um I'm not against a linear Zelda game um, and the idea of bringing back old engines for, uh, th- a Zelda game after Breath of the Wild is also appealing, uh, I trust Nintendo, um, with Zelda, I liked Skyward Sword, maybe not as much as other games, but I still liked it, I, even though it was linear, maybe linear is fine, uh, whatever <laughs> they do after Breath of the Wild is, will be fine, because we will have gotten our, uh, fully open-world, 3D, HD, Zelda game than I've been wanting for a long time. So um, I'll be a happy camper, whatever they do.
0: Alright, next question is from Jacob Scott. So is there any point to remastering Skyward Sword if the motion controls are removed? Um, I guess he's assuming that the Annex won't have motion controls. I know many would love to play without them, but it would be removing a big feature of the game, and some people went on to say that part of the appeal of Skyward Sword was the immersion of the quote-unquote one-to-one sword swinging. Um, so, would there be a point to remastering that game if the motion controls were removed?
2: No, I mean, I didn't feel immersed with the one-on-one motion controls. I felt enraged. Yes. <laughs> so, um, not really.
3: I, and here's the thing, here's the thing. The one to motion controls are one of my favorite features of that game. And some people disagree, that's totally okay. But if I, you would remove that, you would also be removing the heart why that game exists because it was the intention to make a really one-to-one game with those controls in the world of The Legend of Zelda and without that, what's you still have a a solid story there and a kind of linear driven Zelda game, but you do remove one of the bigger selling points of that game.
1: Yeah, I agree too. Another point to make is that when Skyward Sword was first released, they made a special edition that came with the Wii Remote Plus or a special Wii Remote um, that had a built-in function with it. Um, so that yeah. yeah, of course, whether or not people like motion controls, that is an integral part of the game. Um, so yeah.
0: yeah, it'd be it'd be difficult to get a remaster of that game without the motion controls. Um, but again, we're also assuming that the NX won't have motion controls, but we're also getting reports that it might, depending on how you play the game. it's it's, it's we're, we're still confused with the NX is. Um, so that really depends on what we're getting from the console itself. Uh, that's what would bring about a direct remaster or a, like, a port kind of thing, um, or a new play control, kind of like what they did with the Pikmin series or uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat series, series just one game. <laughs> but I think we could see something like that in the future, where they might do a new play control with whatever we have um, with this game. But also, you have to consider that Skyward Sword, as much as it is loved, it's also very hated.
3: Yeah. I
0: know. Um, a lot of people didn't like that game, so they would also be like, "Well, you know, let's." It's it's kind of like what they did with Majora's Mask. That was a very niche Zelda game, and they really didn't have to remake it, but there was enough of a push for it for them to just be like, "Okay, Grezzo, here's Majora's Mask, uh, remaster the game and put it out for 3DS." So they did, but it didn't sell that well.
3: It's all okay. Yeah, but I still think you, you 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 can't really blame what Grezzo did to that game. Grezzo did a really good job. Oh now.
2: yeah, Grezzo did an amazing yeah.
3: job. And so like we could see
0: something like. A version passed on to Grezzo to remaster it, but I don't know if they do the motion controls. And if they did, it might not be like traditional motion controls like we originally played the game. Um, they'd probably be very right. different.
3: Yeah. Or it could be the team that that remade Windmaker HD, the Oka- who also did Okami HD. The thing that team who who did that is also really solid. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, who was that, by the way?
1: I, I can't remember.
3: Um.
0: Neither do I. Oh, well, hmm. they, they know who they are. They did a great job. They did a great job. <laughs> <the entire> job. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: Props to those guys. Okay.
0: So, Ryan Seaman asked Do you think the NX will be powerful enough to eventually have an entire Zelda game look like the Wii U demo? And I think he's referring to the original demo that we saw many, many eons ago um, with the dynamic lighting and the realistic like Twilight Princess-looking shading that, that kind of impressed everyone and that blew everybody's mind that we could possibly get something on the Wii U. Um, do you guys think that the NX will be powerful enough to have something like that?
3: No. No. I agree. And I will tell you why. This This is not a market for Nintendo anymore. They are not really in the arms race to get the highest fidelity graphics possible. They are in the business to make the most fun games possible. And whatever they make, it will be fine. Nothing can top the demo that they ever did. And that demo was really like a test in the water for what the Wii U was capable of. But it seems like that it changed their mind along the way. And that's what Nintendo is. They are a company. They are a toy company first. They want to make people smile with the stuff that they do. And I think their focus needs to be on software more than anything else as the Wii U period has shown us.
1: And just to add to that particular point, uh, comments coming from President Kimishima, Reggie um have already stated that they are not really looking to compete against Microsoft and, St- and Sony in terms of uh, graphical horsepower, and they're more centered around um, software. And I had an interesting conversation with this with another YouTuber called uh, Luke Crane. Um, he brought the argument that people confuse what hardcore and casual gamers are. And how he defined it is like just because a game is casual doesn't make it all cutesy and, and uh, um, chibi-like and all that jazz. In terms of casual and hardcore, in terms of gameplay mechanics, and you actually would call Breath of the Wild to be a uh, a casual game in the sense that, uh, you could like play, let's say, a shrine and just get through that shrine in about uh, five to ten minutes and call it a day. Uh, Call of Duty can be considered a casual game since so I can just play a couple of matches of deathmatch and call it a morning. Um, in terms of casual and hardcoreness, since uh, Ubisoft has said that the NX wants to get um the old Wii audience, and recapture that audience, which uh, alludes to casual audience. But when I say casual, I don't mean the aesthetic of the game. I mean how the game actually plays. In the sense that you could play, let's say, um, Breath of the Wild for a couple of minutes, get to a shrine, and then just call it it for a session. Um, I think that's the general direction Nintendo wants to go with this, uh, at least in terms of future uh, installments of their IPs. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, when he was talking about the future of the Mario series, said that he would like to change the conventions of Mario, uh, and almost in a similar wording of how uh, I.G. Numa said he wanted to change the conventions of Zelda. Um, may, this may or may not happen to other Nintendo IPs, but it's something I've kind of alluded to for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting to look at like how that those two terms have shifted because what we what you really consider hardcore and casual is really different from person to person. <clears throat> when I think hardcore, I think um, people that are like esports, League of Legends guys, or um, you know, people that like really dive them, like delve into these games, um, and you know, more than just a, you know, oh, I'm just gonna sit down and play a game for a bit. Um, but also at the same time, I've always looked at Nintendo games not as being casual, as in, oh, they're you know, they're just silly, they're goofy, they're not that good, but more along the lines of, well, anybody can play these games. They're for for everyone to play um they're they're in they're easy intuitive controls um you don't have to spend hours figuring out the system as opposed to playing something like dark souls where it's an extremely difficult game and i would not call that a casual game by any means
3: yeah but here's the thing
2: to me to me skyward sword motion controls <laughs> to, to, <laughs> takes a while to, to figure me, that to out to me
3: to me hard to <laughs> me hardcore gamers are the people that play games every single day they love the game no matter what they play Um, They play it until the the wee hours of the morning, they read video game websites, they just love doing what they do. For me, casuals are just here to play the game and nothing else. They want to be distracted, they just want to have fun. No matter how long or how short it is. And for me, that's the distinct difference. People who consider themselves really people who play video games actively, those I consider the really hardcore people. It doesn't really matter. How much time you actively spend games, if you even think about games like for an actively for a while, I couldn't consider you somebody who just really actively loves video games. And people who don't really consider it and just see it as something, as a distraction, like a hobby, something they can do for a couple of minutes, those are the people that I would consider more casual.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But i also agree that saying, like, there's a difference between casual gamers and casual games. And so mm-hmm. that there's like there's a distinct difference there. Like, not all casual gamers play casual games, but not all hardcore gamers play hardcore games, if that makes sense. Um, and it really just yeah. depends on your opinion, like, your personal opinion of what a hardcore game is or what a hardcore gamer is. And I know we kind of went off topic there, but that was a good discussion. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And, sure. and it really comes to down to your personal preference. Like, what do you honestly consider a hardcore game and a casual game? And that's one of the things that I guess nobody really started talking about until the Wii popped up and they were like, Oh, well, you're just a casual game. Like you only play just dance. It's like, okay, well, what does a casual gamer mean? What is a casual game? And it's, it's really just from person to person. So if there's any lesson to be learned there, don't judge people based on the games they play and just love each other. Just, just be nice. Yeah, for sure. Another question. This isn't really like a big discussion question, but Alexander Bodine asked, what is your favorite character to use in Hyrule Warriors or Hyrule Warriors legends? And I'm gonna add why to
3: that. Oh wow! Okay. So, which character and why? Oh, that's a really difficult question.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Okay. I um, I, I really um, I, wished... I would say that. Oh yeah, you can you can go down.
3: Okay, thank you. Um, so this would be the saddest thing ever, but it's the one character that isn't originally from a Zelda game, and that is <laughs> uh, and that is Lana. And she, because she, her attacks are amazing, and I love the little references that are in there, especially in like the the deco stick and what have you. And she has she gets some amazing combos. As far as like newer characters are concerned, like from the from the Legends era onward, I would say that uh, Skull Kid is also a really good yeah. contender.
2: I mm. uh, my favorite uh, character uh, is actually Tetra. I absolutely love playing as Tetra. I mean, she just kicks so much butt. Um, Another character is um, Spirit Tracks Zelda because I just love the Phantom. The moves aren't that intricate and there's not really a lot of um, amazing combos, but she's basically a tank if you use her right. (laughs) So, I haven't played much of her, but I do have her up to uh, level 35. And I've uh, I've been playing every every other day, um, and she's she's really fun to use.
3: I will say this though, there are barely any bad characters in High Warriors. That's true. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, most of the characters are really good, especially. Well, there are one or two that maybe has a sluggish attack here or there, but most of most of them are really effective in how they are designed and the attacks that they use. So honestly, I have no issue controlling any character in that game.
1: Yeah, mine would be uh, Young Link, mainly because of the Fierce Deity Mask, and the Fierce Deity Mask, if you get to like this mode, he's basically broken. Like, the <laughs> character just destroys everything. Yeah. like So yep. unbalanced, but cuts I love it. Cuts the
3: moon in half. Um, <laughs> That's that's the most awesome thing of of, that entirety of the entire game, how he cuts the moon in half.
0: Oh, I love that. See, for me, in Hyrule Warriors, just the standalone without the other characters added in, I really love Volga. I don't know why, I just love like his attacks, how he moves. Um, he's a fast, strong character. I hate fighting him because he rarely ever gets a weak point. As a character in the game, um, really cool. In terms of the, the newer characters, man, I really like Skull Kid, but I'm going to have to go with Marin. I don't know why, but I really love playing as Marin and dropping the windfish on people. Ooh,
2: she's good too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's That's one of the cool things in that game.
3: Yep.
2: Splitting the moon in half and dropping the windfish on people is just so satisfying.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And running people over with the spirit train.
3: Or shooting ch- ch- a small version of the moon as a soccer ball towards your opponent, that skull kid.
0: Yeah, that too. All in all, the Hyrule Warriors Legends, Hyrule Warriors Legends, and Hyrule Warriors are great games.
3: Yep. If are. you
2: don't have, if you don't have it yet, get it. It's on Wii U and 3DS. You will thank me later.
0: But yeah, I think that's all. About of the topics that we have today. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Um, so, if you guys want to give a shout out to your Twitters or YouTubes, uh, go for it and everybody can follow you there.
3: Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter, which is at Nintendon. Uh N I N T E N D A N. I do Go Nintendo stuff, Nintendo World Report. I work for NF Magazine. I do YouTube stuff, YouTube.com slash Nintendon1. I'm just everywhere and anywhere, so follow me wherever you want. I don't really care, as long as you have a good time.
2: (laughs) Um, You can follow me on Twitter, at Realdern, R-E-A-L-D-E-R-N. You'll also probably see my name on the front page of Zelda Informer all the time, because I post a lot, or at least I try to.
1: And um, I'm McIntyre Productions, so the Twitter is at McIntyre Product, and I typically do a lot of Zelda-centric stuff over at McIntyre Productions. And if you like that, along with Zelda theories, news, stuff like that, I typically cover all that stuff there.
0: And as always, um, I'm at ProtoAlfie on Twitter, and I post uh, here and there on Zelda Informer. Been getting crazy since college, uh, ramped back up. But thank you guys for joining us again, and thank you to all of our special guests this week on such short notice, as we're recording earlier. And obviously Nate is not here, um, so thank you guys so much. And that about does it. See you guys later. See yeah. ya. Bye.